Welcome to Ann Ortley's uh, Weekly Weather. I'm Ann Ortley, an astrologer here in New York. I have a new kitten. This is Roxy, who's very feisty and is a night owl, apparently, uh, and has was sleeping nice and quietly over on the uh, cat tree and has decided to come and join in the podcast. So we'll see how that goes. She's very feisty. You going to come say hi to everybody? Huh? What do you want to do? All right, Ann Orley's Weekly Weather. This is the weekly weather for January 7th through the 14th. And here's Roxy, and I think we're going to I think we're going to put you down, girlfriend. Yeah. This is Roxy. Isn't she cute? She's an Aries, uh, Sun Jupiter with a uh, moon in Scorpio. And so she wants what she wants when she wants it. It's fun. <laughs> and you forget that when you're a kitten, cuz she's 10 months old, Everything is a cat toy, and the world is a wonderful place. And with Mercury uh, square Neptune, we've been having lots and lots of adventures. So forward we go into the week ahead um, with this lovely Mercury retrograde. Uh, we have a new moon in Capricorn this week. We also have Mars out of bounds in Capricorn. We have Eris stationing to go retrograde, and we have Mercury entering Capricorn Mercury, of course, is still in his retrograde shadow. Um, so we are still talking to our ghosts, which we will be doing for a while um, through the week. And then we go into next week, which is very intense. But this week, we're going to really feel like the year is getting underway, which is good because it is. <laughs> and it's a big year. And as I mentioned last week, good week, good year for New Year's intentions that stick because Mercury was stationed on January 1st. So as we go forward in this year, we're going to really see a lot of action. Um, all right, so we have a new moon this week. We have a new moon webinar, because we have a new moon. New moon webinar on January 10th. It's up on my website. You can purchase it. I also did the year ahead, 2024. And if you go to the website and you scroll down past the new moon webinar, you will see the 2024 available for sale. We haven't put it up on the class events yet. It's still on the front page of the website, but it will be migrating there, but it's out there. So you can go order it and uh, listen to it. You get slides um, for the year, as well as an MP3 and an MP4, where I take you through the year. But this week on Wednesday night, we have the new moon webinar also available on the website to register for. And these are all the new moon days, so if you make a note, those are pretty much the days we're going to have new moon webinars. You know, assuming we hold our schedule, it is being planned during a Mercury retrograde, because uh, the whole year is a plan during a Mercury retrograde, so we know it's going to change, because Mercury was retrograde at the New Year's. At the New Year's. Um, these are the dates for this week, and the, actually for the month of January. You get a page of these for every month, so you can mark the hot dates. So today was the Mercury Square Neptune. Big rainstorm, big snowstorm. They've canceled classes next tomorrow in um, up in Ponte Verde, University of Northern Florida, because there's so much rain and snow and water flying around. Also Mercury Neptune, there was an alien sighting down in Miami at the mall. Who knew? My aliens coming to shop at the malls, so that's a nice energy. That's a Mercury-Neptune. And we've had a whole bunch of airplane excitements, travel excitements, with that plane kind of blowing the door off as it was flying. The Alaska Air 
grounding all the airplanes. Mercury Neptune does give us transportation stories. It gives us still communications. This is the third square he's made to Neptune. Uh, Mercury is made to Neptune because he was retrograde, right? So he made square one, square two, square three. And because Mercury is in a sign he's not real thrilled with, he doesn't like Sag, there's always an excess energy, but it's soft because of the Neptune softening it up. Mercury retrograde, here are the dates for him. He entered Sag November 10th. He entered his shadow November 25th. So since November 25th, you've been working with Mercury retrograde um, in his shadow and saying, okay, what are the choices? He entered Capricorn in the beginning of December. He stationed uh, tw at 8 cap on December 13th, went backwards, entered Sag again December 23rd, turned direct on January 2nd, which means the station is the day before and the day after. New Year's Day. He enters Capricorn this week on the 14th at the end of the week and then he will leave his shadow on January 21st. So we are still talking to our ghosts. We're still hearing from them. They're very busy. Um, you'll hear from people you haven't heard from. I got a note from somebody on Facebook which I didn't, hadn't seen and I went, can I talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and then thinking, okay, I got to call him, right? So this is a time when you're thinking about someone reach out. I was talking about a mutual to a mutual friend. I was talking to a friend of mine about a mutual friend and she said, I'm going to reach out to her. And I said, yeah, you know, she's been on my mind too. Didn't I get a note from her the next day? So it's talk to your ghosts. It's an important time. They have messages for you. Your past wants to communicate with you. And also there's a deep connection around siblings and cousins, communication, finding old letters, finding old mail, finding messages from your ancestors, um, people that want to speak to you uh, around, about the history. Um, so as we, uh, as we go forward, let me put my glasses on now because we're going to have to work at charts. Um, we're going to, we, as I mentioned, the Mercury square Neptune. Mercury is a planet of communication and also transportation and travel. So as we look at his square that happened on Monday, we know that the Northeast was banketed, blanketed in snow. I had people mailing me pictures of 11 inches, 18 inches, um, and then it's still lots and lots of weather. Mercury, Neptune, Neptune's water, snow, wind, rain, all good. And if you notice, Mercury is in Neptune squaring Vesta, the home and hearth, and it's opposite the Mercury uh, here. So it's what we call a T-square. And it's also actually, if we want to throw in Juno, a cardinal cross, because um, Juno is who we partner with. So I was talking to a friend of mine who I do a podcast with, Mark Wolfs, and he and his wife had gone off to New Paltz to experience 11 inches of snow. And they, he said, yeah, all the signs said, don't drive, don't drive. He said, so a lot of people weren't driving, so it was good traffic for those of us that did. That's that Grand Cross. Let's go out and see the snow, see what's happening, see, gee, there's this energy of connection, communication with that Grand Cross in uh, mutable signs. Mutable signs also change, and they leave out parts interestingly, because they're changing so quickly. And if you notice, there is next to no air in the sky, right? A lot of water, a lot of fire, a lot of earth, not so much water, but fire and earth, but no air. So this also makes communication a little fraught. People are, you know, and it is Mercury in Sag, which is kind of a, a know-it-all Mercury. We love 
are friends with Mercury and Sag, and they do often know it all. They're just sometimes a little blunt. And when, when they're blunt, they say it in a way that you never forget. I had a friend one time, I was going through a phase where I was not going to dye my hair anymore. I was just going to go, you know, let it grow. Or I just wasn't in the mood to dye it. It wasn't like a conscious decision. We were sitting uh, overlooking water. Uh, we were at the Gracie Park, which is the mayor's mansion in New York, at his beautiful park on the East River. And she looks at me and she goes, Ortley, what's going on with your hair? And I said, what? What do you mean? She goes, what's going on with those roots? I said, well, you know, she goes, you know, you look, you look like, you look like a Mennonite. <laughs> Wait, what? She goes, you look like a Mennonite. Like, like an Amish person? She goes, yeah, you, like some people are supposed to color their hair. Your hair is very mousy. It looks like a Mennonite. And I'm like, okay. So every time I see roots, I go, I look like a Mennonite. And I go get my hair dyed. That's the power of that Mercury and Sag. So watch for the compliment. Watch for the compliment embedded in the insult. Watch for the direct communication about how you should take care of yourself from people that love you and have the best intention or people that are just a little mean and want to, uh, they make the point. So that's the Mercury-Neptune square. On Tuesday, the sun trines the nodes of fate. So there's deep, deep connections um, in terms of connection and communication. And it actually should be, that's a little Mercury retrograde problem. It isn't the sun trining the nodes of fate. It is something else. Let me look. Um, it's not the sun squaring the nodes of fate on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Who's trining the nodes? Nobody. Alright, well, typo. I hate typos. Nothing's trining the nodes of fate. All right, well, the sun's going to square the nodes of fate later that day, which is probably what I was going for, because that's actually what happens on, on Tuesday the 10th. No, the sun squares the nodes. Okay, so sun trines the nodes. I don't know what I was saying there. Just ignore me. We're just going to skip that and go to the next, because nothing's trining the nodes of fate that I can see. All right, next. We're going to skip that sign. Uh, Mars sextile Saturn. That happens on Tuesday. And that is Mars in a very working aspect. He is out of bounds in Capricorn. Happy, happy guy. And he is sextiling to Saturn in a closing sextile, meaning that he is bringing home the bacon. They're going to have a meetup in Pisces in a couple of months when Mars gets to Pisces. But right now he is working with Saturn and in a working aspect encouraging things to go forward. Mars does rule the nodes of fate, so he's encouraging them to act. And Mars is also in a trine, approaches a trine to Jupiter later in the week, which is a good working aspect. So that's what we call a minor grand trine with Mars trining the Jupiter and then both of them sextiling Saturn. But the sextile to Saturn is exact on Tuesday, and that kind of encourages us to go forward in a new direction. Next up, this is the one I thought I was seeing, is the sun squares the nodes of fate. Now this happens twice a year, but of course the nodes of fate are in a sign for every 19 years. So this is not a common um, thing, you know, because the, the nodes are in Aries and Libra once every 19 years for a year and a half. So when the sun comes to square them, he's at what we call a choice point. It's called the bends. In general, if you read up, lo looking at the bends, and he says, which direction are you going to pick? 
and he is in um, Capricorn heading towards the Aries North Node, right? He's left the Libra South Node behind. So it encourages us. And in general, whenever a planet squares the nodes, you should go towards the North Node because that's the growth direction. Sometimes we want to go to the South Node because it just feels more familiar and more comfortable to us somehow. But that, um, that square is super important for us in terms of making choices and figuring things out. Also, because the sun is um, in a trine to Uranus, just past that trine to Uranus that was last week, that kind of encourages us to take action on things and get things accomplished in a new way uh, and encourages a direct communication uh, to take place. So hopefully, my microphone has been working because it's acting weird now. Um, Mercury square Neptune, communication devices are strange, plus we're getting tons of solar flares, so that's also disrupting communication. Uh, there is a new moon on January 11th, and the new moon takes place bright and early in the morning, uh, and it, in the chart cast for Washington, D.C., it's at 20 degrees of Capricorn. This is going to be the last moon, new moon in Capricorn um, for... 248 years when Pluto's in Cap, right? So Pluto's in Capricorn. He's been there since 08. And this new moon that we have is the last new moon. Because next year when Pluto goes back into Capricorn for three months, it's September, October, November, there won't be a new moon. So when I'm, we're watching very carefully this year, these stories unfold as the planets get ready to say goodbye to planets. You know, it's kind of like a, a ceremonial goodbye. The planets encourage each other, they talk to each other, sometimes they fight with each other. But in this case, because it's a new moon, it's very much encouraging us to take action. The new moon has, of course, just finished the trine to Uranus, and it also is heading towards um, a sextile to Pallas Athena, encouraging strategic work. And it also just finished its square to the nodes, saying, which direction are you headed? Mercury, in this case, is on, it's still in its retrograde shadow, but it's on Aculus, the fixed star of seeing. So this new moon that takes place on Thursday, January 11th, is going to give us a real opportunity to see things we hadn't seen before and to understand them from a different perspective. So the new moon is very much about illumination, and if we look at the asteroids, uh, the new moon is aspecting Apollo which is all about the king and the, and the sky god and how it works. Venus is as, aspecting Tisiphon, who is the fates. And we also have Saturn on Bacchus. So we can expect some raucous partying out of this new moon as part of its energy, because Saturn on Bacchus says, let me understand how we are deluded, drunk, anticipatory of transformation and change was kind of an interesting god. He told the truth, but he was also a party god. And so that whole phrase that, you know, the truth is told in alcohol, I think it's kind of probably attributed to Bacchus, although other people take credit for it, because he was always like, in veritas, in, in alcohol, in vino veritas, in wine there is truth. So we're going to watch for some truths to emerge on this new moon in Cap, which also is at 20, which is very close to the COVID conjunction at 22, the Capricorn conjunction. So it's kind of sitting right there kissing it. 
So when I see that, I'm always like, okay, so what's the awakening that wants to happen, which is what new moons are about. Look at where 20 degrees of Capricorn is in your chart and see what is awakening, what wants to come to life, what wants to be seen, noticed, and talked about with this new moon. We also have, um, because it is aspecting Apollo, it's about being the sun god. How, how am I the sun god and how does that work? We also have Eris stationing this week. Now, Eris, the goddess of discord, has a slightly elliptical orbit. Uh, and she takes 500 years to go around the chart. So she's been in Aries for the whole century, last, last century. And now she's stopping at 24 Aries. Aries is stopping at 24 Aries. And so we're going to watch her energy as she stations. And what happens when she stations, we shift focus. We, give it, we get a new perspective in terms of what's going on for her. And she's going to be stationing to go retrograde, um, which shifts her focus and her energy. Is that right? No, I'm sorry. She's stationing to go direct. I don't know where my brain is today. I know where it is. I've been working. I haven't been working in two months. And now I'm working. And my brain is like, I think you're tired, Anne. I think you should go to bed. I'm like, i got to do my podcast. So we're having a, we're having a brain fart here. At any rate, uh, Eris is stationing to go direct. Now, when she stops, it's like four or five days before and after. So she's stopping on Thursday, which means Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Eris has stopped. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we really feel this degree of irritation and anger that's kind of in the sky right now. And if you've noticed, people are a little more cantankerous or angry or irritated or whatever. That's all Eris. She's very big in terms of getting us to pay attention and figure out what's going on. And she has a lot of energy about new beginnings, but also she's really stirring the pot. Again, a sky with no air. So when we have no air in the sky, it very often gives us, um, we don't have words, we have actions. Notice the air, the earth bar is very big for her station. Uh, so that makes it a contentious week. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, some people like contention and chaos. Some people not so much. But Eris has stopped and turning direct. The next planet that will turn direct will be Uranus more towards the end of the month, I think on the 27th. But that means that all of the planets are moving direct, which means they're all going forward full steam ahead. Notice Mars, uh, Pluto, Saturn, Neptune, uh, Chiron, Eris, Next up, Jupiter went already, and then Uranus goes at the end of the month. So we really have a, a kick, kick up, pick up, kick up in the energy, kind of go, go, go. Let's get things accomplished. We also have Mars trining Jupiter. That happens on Friday. Mars in Capricorn is out of bounds, and he trines Jupiter in, in Taurus, which is, again, a closing trine which distributes information. It's a disseminating, as a feel of a Scorpio Sag energy, wants to get the information out. And Mars is out of bounds in Capricorn, which is encouraging a little bit of over-the-top activity. That's part of his jam. And he's kind of like, yeah. And then we also have Mercury on the galactic center, on the stars that give us information. So you really want to pay attention to the information you get on Venus's day on Friday because the energy is very feisty. 
We also have Mercury entering Capricorn this week. That happens on Saturday. Still in his retrograde shadow, but now in Cap. And communicating directly, precisely, and with authority as he approaches his sextile, closing sextile to Saturn. But there's a lot of communication energy that's part and parcel of this new journey. So we see that kind of unfolding here too with Mercury in a, uh, as it enters Capricorn, echoing where it was a few weeks ago when it entered Capricorn the last time, but also still talking to your ghosts, encouraging communication and consciousness. At the end of the week, we have Venus in a hard uh, sex, not a hard aspect, Venus in a flowing aspect to the nodes of fate. She's trying to the north node, she's sextile to the south. She rules the south node. So this is an encouraging um, aspect. We also see her approaching her square to Neptune, which will happen in a week or so. But this is a flowing aspect that says, okay, where are you going? How are you getting there? What are you doing? That's going to be January 14th. Has an abundance feel to it. And Mercury is also quincunx, meaning adjusting energy, to the um, uh, to Uranus. So this invites us to make an adjustment, a change, a shift in our focus, a shift in how we work with things. And she also is entering into that cardinal square of Neptune, Vesta, and Juno, and in, you know getting ready to stimulate it in the same way that Mercury did earlier in the week. So there's a, there's a lot to be going on this week in terms of energy and choices and figuring it out. And as Venus aspects the nodes, this can be an opportunity for work, this can be an opportunity for expansion, some new ideas about how you're going to get to the next place you're going. And, of course, we love Venus when she's in a fiery, passionate sign. She is in what we call mutual reception with Jupiter. Jupiter's in her favorite sign, Taurus. And she's in Jupiter's favorite sign, Sag. So this is an abundance energy. Can represent some overspending. <laughs> so if you go out on Sunday and come home with something really expensive, don't say you weren't warned. But you'll love it. It'll last for a long time, and it'll be great. So we want to give Venus her propers as she trines those nodes and says, all right, you know you want it. And there also is a finger of God with the north node talking to, um, on the same day of the trine, Vesta, I'm not, sorry, Juno in Virgo, sextile, um, Athena in Scorpio, which encourages us to take action, north node. So there's a good action oriented. And I, I got a thing from my brother-in-law for Christmas, which is um, you can charge your cell phone by laying it on it rather than, uh, you know, plugging it in. I thought, well, that's a good idea. And I kind of been thinking I wanted to get one, but I got to have a cell phone that's each, it's at least an 11 and I got a seven. <sighs> so I think I might be going and getting a cell phone, uh, this Venus aspect, um, because, you know, communication's important. Mercury's in cap. You know, it's time to upgrade my communications. So we'll see what happens with this Venus. But do be a little careful with spending on the weekends. Venus wants to spend your money. And, you know, maybe you'll just book a really fabulous trip somewhere. That would work, too. All right. So back to our days. Um, we have the sun going from 19 Capricorn to 24. As we mentioned, he has the trine to Uranus on January 9th.
He has the square to the nodes of fate on the 10th. He has a trine to partnership energy on the 12th, partners and a sextile to strategy and working it out. And then, of course, at the end of the week, he does have a little square to Eris. But, you know, that's the curmudgeon. You know, the sun in Capricorn squaring Eris is just kind of like a little curmudgeonly energy. Not bad. Uh, Mercury this week goes from 24 um, Sagittarius to zero cap. So it's going about a degree a day. Um, it has uh, the square to Neptune that we talked about with the, way, the wind and the rain and the snow. <laughs> and he also at the end of the week has um, his entry into Capricorn. He does have a little conversation with Pluto about power dynamics on the 13th. Nothing major, but he's already had two conversations. This is the third. Remember, all these aspects... It's like the third pass. Well, what about this? And then you get second pass. Well, what about this? And now we have the third pass. We make the decision. Or not, as the case may be. Venus goes, Venus and Sag uh, is from 10 Sag to 19 Sag. And she doesn't have a whole lot to do this week except that trying to the nodes. She does have a couple of health aspects early in the week, which are really more tied to you know, how you take care of your health physically or how you take care of your environment physically. They're not bad aspects. Some aspects, I'm kind of like, eh. She does have a little bit of a power struggle on the 10th with Pluto because she's in a semi-square to him. But she's also in the mood to flip her hair and just go, you know, I'm not listening to you. Go away. So, And Pluto, of course, is in the mood to be a little curmudgeonly because he's at the last degrees of Capricorn. So he's like, you know, Venus... She goes, yeah, 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 and then she leaves, right? And so when I see Venus in a semi-square semi to Pluto, I often think of the Beatles song, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Paul and John were writing it at home, and Paul came out to play it to his dad, and he said, this is for America. And his father goes, well, shouldn't it be she loves you, yes, yes, yes? And Paul and John were both like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venus and Sad. She's a little sassy, and she's not always saying it the right way. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, think about that song. She loves you. Yes, yes, yes. Or she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Venus and Sad, just semi-square Pluto and Capricorn. Um, Mars this week goes from 2 cap to 8 cap, and he has... Uh, the sextile to Saturn and the trine to Jupiter. So Mars is in a really good cooperative, productive mood this week. He's out of bounds. He's in Capricorn, his favorite sign. He does have a little adjustment trying to figure out how to get it all done on the 10th. But he does get it all done even though he's tired. And he also makes a strategic move on the 14th, which may or may not work. So be careful about those strategic moves on Sunday. Mars usually makes the move the day or two before. So Friday, Saturday, he'll be going, you know, I think my strategic move for this would be this. And it might or it might not be that. Jupiter this week, very hanging out at 543. And he has some health aspects on the 8th and the 9th. Um, of, again, of a fluid nature, of a body nature, because he has health he has some really significant health aspects. So that can also be um, 
you know, we are at a time of low energy, we are at a time of planets changing signs, and we're about to have Pluto going to Aquarius, which really gives us a shift in our focus. So hopefully, you know, go to the doctor if there's health things, but also hopefully there aren't any health things in your world. Uranus in Taurus is Quincunx's um, series this week, and basically around eight, 1819. So this also encourages you to adjust the excess, to say, yeah, I probably shouldn't be so excessive in that area. And Neptune squares Vesta this week, which also encourages us to modify our home. As mentioned, Vesta is part of that grand that mutual cross the grand cross or the grand square in mutable signs and that's kind of it uh, Juno does station to go retrograde which does ask us to revise our partnerships a little bit nothing major but you know in a shift in adjustment and when we look at our moons this week as mentioned the moon is in um, the moon is in Sag Sunday and Monday and it goes void tomorrow the 2nd at 1.24 p.m. with a conjunction to Mercury. It's void for a few hours, entering Capricorn at 8.33 p.m. So it's void from 1.24 East Coast time to 8.33, basically all Tuesday afternoon. Then it's in Capricorn Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday. New Moon is in Thursday at 8 in the morning, 6.57 in the morning. And the Moon goes void Thursday night at 9.33 with a conjunction to Pluto in Capricorn. Uh, so that is kind of a letting go energy, but also a culmination. And the new moon is at 20 degrees. That's going to be bright and early Thursday morning. The moon goes into Aquarius at 10.01 p.m. on Thursday afternoon, Thursday night. And we'll be in Aquarius on Friday and Saturday going void um, Saturday morning at 4.59 a.m with a square to Uranus, and then Mercury enters Cap, and then right behind it, at the, so the moon is void all day the 13th, because it goes void at 4.59 in the morning, and it enters Pisces at 10.29 at night. So Saturday is all void moon day, which usually are fun, um, because you, you, know, you just kind of kick back and have a good time. The moon is in Pisces on Monday, Sunday the 14th, and on Monday the 15th, going void at 11.33 p.m. with a sextile to Pluto. So the, the rough days this week are going to be the 9th, Tuesday the 9th, just because there's just a lot of turbulence. It's not like hard aspects. It's Sun-Uranus, it's Mars sextile, and then the 11th is intense because there's a new moon and a lot of decisions to be made. Um, but they're not, it's not awful aspects. There's a lot of trines that want us to get things done. So there aren't technically difficult days this week. There are busy days, intense days, process-oriented days, encouraging change, change, change. And so hopefully that gives you some idea about how to work with the energy this week. As mentioned, we're welcoming in the new year full of things that have never been. My Setting Your Intentions for 2024 is available on the website, my website, not in the classes section yet. Scroll down on the main page. It's underneath the New Moon webinar um, and the New Moon Capricorn webinar, which is Wednesday. So we're going to give you a list of the important dates. You can print out all the new moons and the full moons, all the dates when the stations and the retrogrades. You can mark your whole calendar up and have a grand old time. 
and also we go through each month with all the highlighting dates, the important ones for you to note uh, and, and go through each month. It's a two-hour presentation. You get the list of slides. You also get the um, an MP3. And the cat is now behind me. There, there is Roxy. She's back. Um, uh, list of the slides and an MP4, which is the slides and the uh, the slides and the audio. Also, on we're having a three-day intensive course on February 16th, the 18th, with me, Margaret Gray, and Rachel Lang, two wonderful astrologers, and we're going to do. Uh, overview with 13 classes kind of setting you up to think about relationships and it's a precursor for the relationships and astrology course uh, available on relationshipsandastrology.com so most of you um, that read clients they want to talk about relationships and so we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to talk to people about relationships not just how to work with them understand them look at them but also how to process them psychologically work with with clients around them and kind of really understand it so it's a little bit of an intensive you do need to know a bit of astrology not a lot but it but it and you can certainly do it if you don't read clients or you don't work with clients but many people that work with clients find this very helpful um, because you know that's what we talk about and really our whole life is based in relationship everything that comes to us at every transit brings a person or a situation that we have a relationship with. So it's a great opportunity. We're going to do a weekend intensive and then launch classes that will be weekly, taught by rotating Rachel, Margaret, and I. Also, a couple of stars. Sign up. Somebody I read today after being off for two weeks, two months, said, you know, you did a couple of stars the whole time you were sick. I said, you know, yeah, well, it was a way of keeping in touch with my, you know, my Cupville people, but also it's, you know, it's a recording, it helps you focus on the day, gets you thinking about what's ahead. I do a list of the aspects, which is also available on Twitter for free, and um, you get them sent to you, you know, ahead of time, uh, so you can kind of scan the day, and then I also do the um, audio podcast, and often a song with the theme for the day. So that is the energy of the podcast. So hopefully that gives you some um, ideas about how to work with the week ahead. It should be fun. The week after is going to be really intense, but this is like a starting to ramp up. We're ready to go, go, go. We're ready to go forward and have a good time. And uh, thank you for listening. Um, good to be back. You know, I'm going to try. <laughs> My goal is to get this up on Sundays. This week I was working. And I, you know, I hadn't been working in two months, so now I'm back working and I'm, I'm learning my energy levels because they're not quite what they were before the surgery, but I'm healing, so I'm sure they'll be back. But obviously I need to kind of pace myself a little better, as we all do. It's an intense week. It's an intense world out there. And we're all doing the best we can. Remember, you're a child of the universe. And if it's in your heart, it's in your chart. So go live your best life. Have a good one. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded.